Welcome, fantasizers, to your Big Fat Fantasy, your BFF. This is episode five, and I'm Nicholas Logan. I'm Anthony Bravo, and we will be discussing big trades and our big picks. We'll just jump right into it. I hope you guys enjoyed our little Halloween segment. Um, it was a big week this last week, week eight for fantasy football. We were even looking, saying there's a lot of high-scoring players this week. Yeah. A lot of guys busting 40, 35-plus yeah. in the top 10, 15 for a lot of positions. Um yeah, so big week, fun week for fantasy football last week. Um, we're going to start off with our pick. CMC doing it all as well. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about him in the show as well. Um, but I'll start off with um, my picks from week eight. Um, I'll start, I have two misses and three hits. So I'm going to start off with my first miss, my lowest scoring player, Raheem Moster, 7.7 fantasy points. Uh, only had four, had 14 carries for 67 yards and had one catch for three yards. Uh, wasn't a good game for him. Even though as good as Tua is, as good as Jalen Waddle is, as good as Tyreek Hill is, uh, Raheem Mostert, they need him to get going to complete that whole offense. Unfortunately, had a down week and a week, like I said, where a lot of people were scoring a lot of points. Uh, finished as the running back 38 in week eight. It's probably why they made a move for his teammate or his old teammate, Jeff Wilson, yeah. to get them reunited again. I'm going to go with my first miss, uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, had five receptions out of eight targets, but only 23 receiving yards and 7.3 PPR points. Uh, his teammate, A.J. Brown, took all the workload. He had a monster day, uh, six receptions out of 11 targets, 156 receiving yards, and three touchdowns for 39.6 PPR points. Uh, Devontae Smith, you know, he was, trying to, he was trying to do work, but he really couldn't. He had a 10-yard loss on a screenplay. That's like a, that's like a one-point loss. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, he had an average outing, definitely. Yeah, we'll see if he can bounce back in week nine. Um, my second miss, uh, Kenneth Walker. It wasn't a bad game. wasn't a good game. But um, for a guy that's supposed to be your RB1 or even your RB2, finished just outside the RB2 uh, spot, finished as RB25 in week eight. Only 12.2 fantasy points, as a had a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, he actually played his most snaps this season, 77%, but only 2.83 yards per carry, which was his least amount since week two when he had 2.5 yards per carry. So since taking over the backfield, this was his most inefficient game. 18 carries, 51 yards. And like I said, he did have a touchdown, and he did catch only one catch for one yard, so just a little gain. Um, but if you look here, like guys like Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake, Naheem Hines, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, Antonio Gibson. All these guys are essentially backups on their team, and they all outscored uh, Kenneth Walker, who's getting 77% of yeah. snaps. So that's why it was a, a miss, in my opinion, for Kenneth yeah. Walker. Yeah, definitely had an average day as well, but shout-out Kenneth Walker. He helped me win an underdog bet. Mm -hmm. uh, won like 200, so shout-out <laughs> Kenneth Walker. Uh, going to my next miss, it's going to be Tyler Boyd. Uh, this like was really wasn't the game I was expecting. Uh, I was expecting the Bengals offense to completely dominate, and they only had 229 total yards the whole game. Uh, Tyler Boyd only had three receptions out of five targets, uh, 38 receiving yards, was able to muster a touchdown, but uh, only ended up with 12.8 PPR points. And the reason I declare this as a miss was because he was the 28th ranked wide receiver. Barely good enough to be a flex, so that's a miss in my opinion. Yeah, it looks like they really do need Jamar Chase in that offense to yeah. set up T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd because they yeah. were locked down. Joe Burrow looked like a whole different quarterback out there against the Browns. Yeah. And um, so, did, so did Jacoby Brissett look, look like a beast out there. Yeah, it looked a lot better than uh, for sure than um, Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow. But that'll lead me to my first hit, uh, DeAndre Swift. He's first game back after missing a few weeks uh 14.3 fantasy points so a decent game um 
actually played 55% of the snaps to Jamal Williams, who played 37% of the snaps. But Jamal Williams still outscored DeAndre Swift. Again, the little vulture Jamal Williams had two touchdowns, um, two rushing touchdowns. But DeAndre Swift did have, did beat him out in the receiving game, had caught all five of his targets for 27 yards and did have a receiving touchdown. But like I said, on the ground, wasn't that great of a game. DeAndre Swift only five carries for six yards, so a little over one yard per carry. Um, but a decent game in his first game back. And, you know, Dan Campbell already saying that they probably out overloaded him with too much work. So he might. I know he missed practice today, and we'll see if he can play again in week nine or else it's another frustrating week for DeAndre Swift owners. Yeah, but that, that backfield is definitely a nasty backfield to, to have in fantasy. Um, going on to my first hit, it's going to be Tony, Tony Pollard from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, like I predicted, you know, when Zeke was out, the only, one, the only other game Zeke was out, Tony Pollard went off, and sure thing, again, he did it again, 14 attempts. 131 rushing yards with three rushing touchdowns also had a reception for 16 receiving yards uh 33.7 total ppr points um the cowboys just completely dominated the bears in this game um yeah tony pollard was averaging 9.4 yards per carry even had a 54 yard rush so big day for tony pollard for sure and like we said look that's the kind of offense that you expect from a fantasy owner um, Cowboys 49 points they have yeah. three games where they scored 49 points the rest of uh, since 2020 rest of the league with three as well so one they definitely have one of the high power offenses. scoring offenses yeah. when they're all healthy when they're all <clears throat> getting going like we said earlier Tony Pollard's should be the main back week in week out but obviously yeah. they pay Zeke a lot of money and they're like forced to have yeah there, so, sadly but I mean they, you see what happens when Tony Pollard's out there is the main the only back on the yeah. field um, that leads me to my uh, second hit, <clears throat> um, my last running back that I chose from this week, Travis Etienne, another guy who you can see what happens when he's given the full workload. 25.2 fantasy points, had 24 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown. Um, the most of his career in terms of uh, carries, in terms of yard, back-to-back games now with 100-plus yards. Uh, had 6.5 yards per carry, which is super good, but it's actually his lowest in the last four games, so... Like I said, you see what happens when he's given the workload. He just takes over and just gets big. He's a big play running back. Caught all three of his targets for only six yards, but they're using him a little bit in the receiving game as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Another guy that I was kind of surprised to see in the receiving game was another hit of mine, Damian Pierce. He had three receptions out of five targets for 16 receiving yards and had a receiving touchdown. Didn't have a rushing touchdown, um, only had 35 yards out of 15 attempts, but finished the day with 14.1 PPR points. Uh, yeah, Damian Pierce. Um, we might see him have these down weeks because of this Texans offense not really being that good, but um, I, I think he has a very high ceiling. Yeah, Damian but so far Pierce. he hasn't really had any down weeks. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah so. no. This was a solid week for him, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then um, that'll lead me to my last pick, the only receiver I chose uh, from week eight, Brandon Ayuk. Guy who just keeps getting better and better, looks like every week, saying as the wide receiver 13 right now. Uh, had 20, 20.1 fantasy points, caught all six of his targets for 81 yards and a touchdown. One of those touchdowns he caught was from uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, just a beautiful pass and just a nice catch <clears throat> from Ayuk. Um, this is actually Brandon Ayuk's third straight game with 80 plus yards, which is the first time in his career he's done that. And he's the number three three wide receiver the last three weeks, right behind Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. So just catching fire uh, midseason right now, Brandon mm-hmm. Ayuk. Yeah, one of your favorites, I remember, from the preseason mm-hmm. as well. And that's going to bring me to my last hit, T. Higgins. Uh, was barely made my hit list. 
Uh, three receptions out of six targets for 49 receiving yards and one touchdown for 13.9 PPR points. And the only reason I put him on my hit list was because he was the 24th ranked wide receiver in week eight, which is barely good enough to be the wide receiver too. So T. Higgins uh, was a part of that Bengals offense that was just struggling against the Browns. And yeah, he definitely suffered in fantasy due to that. Yeah, but um, like I said, he should be your wide receiver too that you drafted. I mean, mm, yeah. you probably expect more from T. Higgins, but uh, he should. I mean, maybe they do need Jamar Chase, like I said. Maybe, maybe it opens up the field for the other guys. And, yeah, you know. But yeah, that uh, concludes our week eight pick. So we both went uh, three and two. Uh, these last at the end of the year, we're gonna add up all our totals and see who you know did better. But yeah, so half more than halfway through the fantasy football year. Um. But, yeah, I mean, just a big, big uh, week in terms of fantasy football, big week in terms of trades. I know I've never seen anything like this in the NFL ever. Could call this the trade deadline episode. Yeah, we're just going to be talking about trades pretty much this whole episode. A lot of big trades. A lot, you know, we're going to talk about, obviously, the offensive players. um, A lot of defensive players trade as well. Like I said, I've never seen anything like that. Usually you see that in baseball, sometimes in basketball a little bit, but you definitely don't see – that in football with um the amount of players that got traded and the the names that got traded too we're not even talking about small players we're talking about starters on teams that young players too and the thing that kind of surprises me is the value that the teams get back for these players it's kind of i feel like it's kind of low yeah you don't see i haven't i haven't seen a first round pick given in the trade deadline this whole yeah i think the only (laughs) one that was traded for a second round i believe was Bradley T- Chubb, I think, and, and Chase TJ, Claypool, T.J. Hawkinson, but the, but they added they added picks as well on yeah. top of T.J. Hawkinson. So, so, but we saw what the, what the offseason brought. There was a lot of trades in the offseason. We talked about Russell Wilson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. You know, playmakers yeah. that were kind of the star fran the star <clears throat> faces of their franchises and the face of the franchises. And they teams were not those teams weren't scared to ship them away to get picks back. And yeah. Midway through the season, there's teams that aren't looking too well, and yeah. they're trading away players. Um, obviously, it all started with the CMC trade for the most part. Had his big, big game this last week. Played 81% of the snaps, so they had him in most of the game. Not only did they have him in running back, they had him in the receiver role. They had him in the quarterback role. He's the first player since 2005 <clears throat> to have a passing, rushing, and receiving touchdown in the same game. LaDainian Tomlinson did it back in 05, who... Michael, one of the best Michael. running backs of all time, definitely top five. Yeah, um, but CMC, as long as he's healthy, he's a top five running back of all time with the skill set. I mean, you saw that pass he made to Brandon Ayuk was just an absolute dime. If you saw his catching, his receiving touchdown, that was just an insane catch. A running back should not be making catches like that. And obviously, like I said, he had a rushing touchdown as well. Had 18 carries, 94 yards, caught eight of nine of his targets for 55 yards, and it was a 35 yard passing touchdown so cmc when he's on that field i mean niners they're one team that you do not want to face in the playoffs because you know in the playoffs teams like to mix it up they like to do those trickeries they like to do a lot of different things that teams can't study on film and if you have cmc and debo there it opens up a lot a lot a lot of weapons for that team and niners are just going to be a scary team with with the weapons they have it's insane yeah, this day was this day was insane for him. 18 carries, 94 yards, a rushing touchdown, eight receptions, 55 yards, a receiving touchdowns, and then a 34-yard passing touchdown. 40.26 PPR points. Yeah. You you literally only you got him for a second-round pick, a third-round pick, 
a fourth round pick and a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. And this guy is like one of the best fantasy players you can have, one of the best running backs you can have, one of the best all around players you can have. Mm-hmm. This is Christian McCaffrey. The big his big day leaves him as the running back too in PPR, and he's now the tenth highest overall scorer in fantasy. So yeah, and they saved my fantasy day because I thought I was done. Calvin Alvin Kamara had forty two fantasy points, and he was the highest scorer last week. And then I had Christian McCaffrey to put up forty, and I barely won by like two points. So yeah, saved my fantasy football week for sure. Yeah, and that offense completely ran through him. It was just it was crazy yeah. to see. And like it's so qu- it's so crazy to see how quickly he picked up the yeah. playbook, dude. It's just nuts. Yeah, and obviously they had to change the playbook even to design it for a guy like. Him. Yeah, but uh, that brings me to like the second trade. It's gonna be James Robinson mm-hmm. was traded for a sixth round draft pick that could turn into a fifth round pick. And like when I'm reading these trades, I I don't understand how the sixth round can turn into the fifth round. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much what he was traded for. He only got 15 carries for 17 yards in week eight. Uh, he, I, I see him still getting used to the offense, but he definitely should see more opportunities over Michael Carter. Um, he has uh, Zach Wilson, who's been underperforming. I don't know if you saw he's had two back-to-back careless interceptions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, and that's uh, rookie Garrett Wilson had a big fantasy outing, uh, 17.5 PPR points, so. Uh, this James Robinson, he he is going to take some time for him to get back into yeah. the offense, but he should yeah. be a big part of it. Yeah, they ran Michael Carter most of the game, had seven carries for 26 yards. Yeah. But James Robinson, uh, two less carries, nine less yards. Um, and hopefully they can use him a little bit in the receiving game. Um, but should, should like, the UCMC slow in San Francisco week one? Obviously, you can't expect these guys to come in and expect to get the whole workload they were getting when they're old teams. Yeah, it's going to take, gonna take a while for them to get yeah. used to the offense. And, uh Obviously, they're going to need James Robinson to get going. When Brees Hall was the bell cow over there, they were winning games. They're going to need a bell cow like that. Obviously, yeah. James Robinson and Michael Carter aren't the running backs or the players that Brees Hall is, but they're going to need one of them to step yeah. up to be that because they need to run the ball over there, obviously. Zach Wilson has not looked good so far this year. Like you said, throwing careless interceptions just like he did his rookie year. You have guys like Elijah Moore who's upset with him saying – that they don't even have chemistry, that doesn't even know if they have chemistry or not because he's not even getting the ball to determine if they have chemistry or not. Yeah. Garrett Wilson really the only guy really seeing anything over there, but they definitely need to run the ball, and that offense is going to have to revolve around them running the ball efficiently. Yeah. Because they just lost without, you know, Brees Hall's first game not being there. So. Yeah, and they need Zach Wilson to step up for sure. Yeah, and then uh, we talked about the CMC trade. Obviously, that opened the door for him to be – the main running back there, and right away they went and they traded Jeff Wilson, the backup. So Elijah Mitchell owners can kind of rejoice. Now they know that, you know, he's going to be the for sure backup whenever he's back healthy. But yeah, Jeff Wilson traded to Miami. He goes back uh, to play under Mike McDaniels, who they already have another San Francisco running back there, uh, Raheem Mostert. It's a big reunion. Yeah, so reunion. So Mike McDaniels probably talked to, you know, the front office, saying, you know, go get this Jeff Wilson guy. You know, he's used to my offense. And they brought him over there. Chase Edmonds didn't have a good game, like we, I mentioned to start the show. Well, his fantasy week had one of his worst weeks of the season. And they brought in Jeff Wilson. And, you know, he can take – you saw what he did taking over the backfield for Elijah Mitchell. So if anything happens to Raheem Mostert, a guy who's known for getting injured with an injury history, a guy who, if he continues to struggle, they don't they obviously won't mind throwing Jeff Wilson in there. They did it with Chase Edmonds. He was supposed to be the main running back. He started off slow. They – took his starting job away then they traded him away now yeah. he's in denver 
which if you're Chase Chase Edmonds on wa- Chase Edmonds on waivers, I would say try to go get him. Maybe buy low for him right now. Um, Mike Boone obviously on IR. Obviously the Broncos brought in Latavius Murray. They still have Melvin Gordon out there healthy. You had a, f- a fishing game last week, but Chase Edmonds can maybe plug in there and maybe get some touches. Maybe check him out in the receiving game a little bit. But uh, found you home in Denver. Um, we'll see. We'll see where that leads them. Yeah. Uh, was included in that Bradley Chubb package, Chase yeah. Edmonds. Um, I could see him kind of stepping into the RB one role if he outproduces Melvin Gordon and Latavius. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, going back to Jeff Wilson, he was he was traded. He was acquired by the Dolphins for a 2023 fifth round pick. Uh, reunites with his teammate uh, Raheem Moster and head coach Mike McDaniel. Uh, I could see them being like a a good little one two punch, like how they used to run it in San Francisco. Just run any RB that was hot. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Jeff Wilson's value plummeted after the CMC yeah. trade, but definitely regained some fantasy relevance yeah. with this trade. It's a good take. Yeah, another buy-low candidate right now, Jeff Wilson, I would say. Yeah. Um, that leads us to uh, another trade. Uh, some receivers that got traded. We've been talking about uh, running backs for the most part. Obviously, Robbie, Robbie Anderson got traded to Arizona. Hasn't played any at all. Hasn't like, even got a catch. Yeah, hasn't got any catch. Has, like, four targets total, yeah. I think. No catches. But see, if you have Robbie Anderson, I'd say now's the time to get rid of him. Yeah. At this point, if they're not implementing him to the offense, I don't see him they're, uh, gaining any traction going forward, especially with the way Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins have been playing. So Yeah, uh, Coach Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury said that uh, Robbie will be force-fed this Sunday against the Seahawks, uh, trying to give him his first catch. So Yeah, well, that's a tough defense to go yeah. to force-feed I still against. think I still like Rondell Moore way better, for yeah. sure. So I don't know about Robbie Anderson. Uh, guys that I think they're – Fantasy value went up a lot. Kadarius Tony, obviously yeah. going to the Chiefs. Uh, they head coach Andrew Reid said they're gonna use him a little bit and throw him in there week nine a little bit. But obviously, it's, it's crazy. He gets to KC and then all of a sudden he's, he's healthy. healthy. Yeah, he's so. good. He's good. And he already tweeted like I was never even hurt. You know, so <laughs> he probably had some issues with Daniel Jones. Yeah. Or issues or he with the coaches. Didn't want to play there. Issues with New York. Just didn't want to play there. Yeah, probably upset that they were talking about trading him in the off season. You know, no one really wants to be around trade room, especially after your rookie season where you were the best receiver on that team when healthy and on the field. And we see what Kadarius Tony can do. And with a guy like Mahomes, with the speed Kadarius Tony has, could be like a Tyreek Hill 2.0, like you said in the last Definitely. show. Got but him we'll for see. a third and a six, too. I think that's a steal. Yeah, that is a steal. You're not drafting a guy like Kadarius Tony. He's the first-round first draft pick. Yeah. That's a first-round draft pick. So, so. a yeah. lot of uh, high potential there we'll see what he can do in week nine uh sunday yeah. night football so i think by the start of, 20, of 2023 like him and mahomes should be on the same yeah. page for sure so definitely a dynasty and their buy low candidate uh another buy low candidate i would say right now uh calvin ridley in dynasty obviously no fantasy relevance this year in any yeah. draft leagues but calvin ridley i mean i haven't heard the name since he got suspended now he's going to the jaguars the funny thing about calvin Ridley going to the jaguars was that was the the team he betted against when he got suspended <laughs> for betting. So when he was on the Falcons, they played the Jags that week, and he bet he yeah. bet on his team to beat the Jags. And uh, now he's gonna go play for the Jags. And we know what Calvin really does when he's healthy and not suspended. It was the wide receiver five overall in 2020. Was a wide receiver, borderline wide receiver two, his first two years in the league until jumping up to that wide receiver five role. And obviously Trevor Lawrence does need the help. Christian Kirk has looked decent in some games has looked better in some and looks bad kind of that boom or bust receiver at the moment but they need more help outside of christian kirk yeah and calvin really is like the perfect player for trevor lawrence yeah trevor lawrence he's five and 20 in his first 25 career starts which is the worst start for a number one overall pick 
in the history of the NFL. So he obviously needs the help, and obviously Jags obviously know they're not going to win anything this year. That's why they got rid of James Robinson, and they brought in a guy that's going to play next year, still young, Calvin Ridley, and a very, very good receiver. Yeah, and you only give up a 23 fifth and a 24 fourth rounder for to get a guy like Ridley. That's a great, that's a yeah. great value for him. And obviously, the Falcons now know that they're gonna re- they obviously trust Drake London to be the wide receiver one still. So yeah, we'll see what the Falcons do. They are they have a chance to win that division even right now. Yeah, that's crazy. So they're first place in that division. So we'll see. They're obviously in win now mode. Chase and, Claypool um, too. Yeah, Chase Claypool got trade. I, I like that. I think that's one of my favorite trades, probably the Chase Claypool trade to Chicago. Yeah. I think Justin Fields needs, like, that big body receiver. Yeah. I know Darnell Mooney was his favorite target, but he's kind of that smaller, little quicker guy. But I think Chase Claypool, as long as he starts playing like he's 6'4", 238 pounds, he needs to start playing like he's that size because sometimes in Pittsburgh you see he just looked weak out there. He wouldn't go up and yeah. get the ball. He would catch it right here just like instead of extending his hands. Yeah. And obviously the Steelers have been frustrated with him since that bonehead play he made last year where he did he was celebrating instead of putting the ball down when the clock was running down. Yeah. And it's kind of just been like little tension there. And the, yeah. they, they were trying to trade another guy they were trying to trade in the offseason like Kadarius Toney and – Teams didn't want to give up a second, but Chicago finally did. And why not? I mean, Justin Fields has been hot the last few weeks. If you look, Justin Fields, weeks one through four, was the quarterback 31. The last four weeks, he's the quarterback two overall, right behind Joe Burrow. So crazy. If Justin Fields is still on waivers. I'd say that's looking like a league winner right now. If you can go trade for him and a buy. I mean, right now, I think people are starting to get on the Justin Fields bandwagon right now, especially yeah. with the way he's looking. He Played really good against a really good Dallas Cowboys defense. Yeah. G- game where they scored 29 points, and they obviously still got blown out. But, I mean, he scored more fancy points than Dak Prescott. He was running in there, throwing well. And if you bring in a guy like Chase Claypool, who he's been pretty hot the last few weeks as well. He's the wide receiver 15 the last three weeks. And now he's going to play with the red-hot Justin Fields. So. Yeah, and I think he definitely steps into the starting uh, wide receiver room definitely in, in front of Mooney or either behind him. Um, they yeah, gave up sure. they gave up a twenty three second round draft pick for him. So yeah, you're not trading your second rounder and you're not starting this guy. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely gonna he's be still young. There Chase every snap. Cool. Yeah. So I like that. Another little trade that happened um, before we talk about the tight end that got traded. Naheem Hines to the Bills. I like that move for the Bills. They were trying to get a passing back. In the offseason, they were trying yeah. to get J.D. McKissick. You talked about it last time. They're obviously, they're trying to trade for Kareem Hunt. Yeah. They went a little lower, and they went to get Naheem Hines. And, yeah, Naheem Hines, I mean, he's going to be playing right behind Singletary for the most part, a little one-two punch. I'm actually that, yeah. surprised because James Cook did have his best game of the season this last week. He needs to work on his ball carry. Yeah, I mean, he had five carries <laughs> for 35 yards, seven yards per carry, and caught a 41-yard catch from josh allen and almost scored a touchdown on that play had 8.6 fantasy points like i said his best game of his young career but obviously it wasn't enough for them to trust them yet yeah it's not the james cook show just yet if ever will be yeah, that's they why they went and they got nine hines and yeah they they stopped using zach moss yeah the last few, uh, last five even, six weeks wasn't even playing yeah it's pretty sure he's, he's been like bench. healthy and active yeah. or something 
And that's and they brought in Naheem Hines, and so James Cook's gonna be like probably the new Zach Moss, where he's gonna have to take the seat to these you know two guys. And Zach Moss now on the Colts, the guy that I just picked up off waivers. I would say maybe keep your eye on him, keep him on your watch list. Uh, if you're in a deeper league, maybe if you have some guys to drop, I'd say start streaming Zach Moss because Jonathan Taylor looking like the worst number one unanimous fantasy pick in the history <laughs> fantasy football. Injured again, missing practice again. Zach Moss, who knows? I mean, Zach Moss, if you look, he's had limited playing time, but he's averaging 5.35 yards per carry, which is more than Jonathan Taylor, who's averaging 4.32, and more than the current backup, Deion Jackson, 3.33 yards per carry. So Zach Moss, he's when he gets the ball, he runs it pretty efficiently. So if he can, John, Jonathan Taylor's hurt and Deion Jackson's can't do the job zach moss is gonna go right in there and like the bills aren't gonna trade for naheem hines if they're not gonna use them and the colts aren't gonna trade for zach moss if they're not gonna use them yeah yeah and um yeah i like the naheem hines trade a lot uh naheem hines was actually the running back 15 in 2020 which was uh jonathan taylor's rookie year so Mm -hmm. i can see him uh being heavily utilized in the passing game yeah uh zach moss i'm i'm kind of about that one Mm -hmm. um I, I did some research. He's only had three games of 15 or more PPR points in his entire three-year career. So mm. uh, I, I've always felt like it was kind of hard for him to be productive, but maybe the change of scenery yeah, can, that helps can a help lot. him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I'll move us to our last pick, the TJ Hawkinson the big, trade. The big one. Yeah, the big one, like in my the, opinion. I feel like that's like the biggest one. Irv Smith yeah. now out for the next eight to ten weeks, most likely out for the season at this point. Uh, you can go ahead and probably drop Irv Smith if you had him. Uh, but TJ Hawkinson, man, he's just an absolute beast. Has been a top tight end in Detroit, tight end for this year, and should maintain that status in a very, very friendly, pass-friendly offense in Minnesota. Makes the Vikings a very scary team. Yeah. If you put him up there with T- with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Cook, and Kirk Cousins. And Irv, Irv Smith still was, you know, Put up decent amount of numbers, but he just he was dropping a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of balls. So yeah, and T.J. Hawkinson had the highest scoring week amongst tight ends at like this season. This season, yeah, thirty nine point nine in week four, and he was the highest fantasy scorer that week. So yeah, definitely a super high ceiling for T.J. Hawkinson. And he's still young too. Yeah, and he's on this new team, has kind of a more reliable quarterback. So Mm -hmm. yeah, T.J. Hawkinson, big things ahead for him. Yeah, and. I saw like something funny. I was like, TJ Hawkinson's definitely forgot what it said really, but I was like, TJ Hawkinson's like wins player that looks most like his team's logo because <laughs> he looks just like the Minnesota Vikings logo with his long hair and long beard. Looks looks like a Viking. He look he looks like a Viking. So. Yeah, he does. Uh, that's gonna be a fun offense to watch for sure. And that's just gonna bring me to a, like a little Garrett Wilson segment I wanted to have. Um, I just think Garrett Wilson is quietly becoming the new wide receiver one in New York. Uh, the Brees Hall injury ends up making the Jets rely on the passing game more. Uh, so I feel like that means a lot of great opportunities are coming for Garrett Wilson. I would honestly recommend starting Garrett Wilson in every matchup this year, except the two games against the Buffalo Bills. He has New England, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, uh, Jacksonville, and Seattle, which are all great matchups for wide receivers. So. I just need Zach Wilson to step up his game. He made a lot of mistakes, and it may, it may take some time for the mistakes to develop. But uh, once that Wilson-to-Wilson connection builds, 
I see Garrett Wilson jumping into that high-end wide receiver two territory, maybe even low-end wide receiver one. And, yeah, Garrett Wilson, one of my favorite fantasy sleepers right now for sure. Yeah, I know I like Garrett Wilson a lot. and it makes me happy that I, I was trying to trade a lot this offseason for Elijah Moore in both dynasty leagues. And both people that had Elijah Moore did not want to trade Elijah Moore to me. So all I got to say is I'm happy they didn't do it because Elijah Moore is looking less and less like the wide receiver one and looking more and more like uh, he shouldn't should even be on the field right now. Does he, doesn't even know that he wants to be there. Probably yeah. A lot of fantasy owners probably upset that he didn't get you traded. Hear he made a burner account. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. Made a burner account talking about the Jets and, yeah, so, it's not looking good for him. Yeah, one guy that a lot of people <laughs> thought he was going to get traded in the trade deadline, he didn't. I'm sure there's other people that – other players that people thought were going to get traded and they didn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. I, I do like Garrett Wilson. He's a young, talented rookie. They obviously drafted him what, the 15th overall or something. Second yeah. wide receiver Second taken. Wide receiver taken. So right yeah. after Drake London. And you know, there's a reason for that. Um, yeah. Talented but, kid. Yeah. So those are uh, trades. Little Garrett Wilson. Uh, just get, keep him on your radars and that'll lead us into our Thursday night football picks between the Houston Texans and Philadelphia Eagles. Interesting because the World Series is going to be played tomorrow in Philadelphia against the Houston Astros and <laughs> the Philadelphia Phillies, and now the Texans are coming to town to Philadelphia, another Houston team. Texans definitely not as talented as the Astros, though. Yeah. So. Uh, I'll start it off with my first pick, uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, coming off a monster game, like I mentioned, uh, six receptions out of 11 targets for 156 receiving yards, three touchdowns, and 39.6 PPR points. Kind of has a tough matchup uh, facing a top five defense that has allowed only 17.2 fantasy points per game to fantasy wide receivers, but he should still be able to eat, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And that'll lead me to my uh, his quarterback. You said A.J. Brown. Uh, I'm going to go with his quarterback, Jalen Hurts. The QB4 right now, number five overall fantasy player. Coming off his, uh, best, his best career game in terms of passing, had four passing touchdowns last game. Uh, 285 yards, completed 19 of 28 passes, only had two rushing attempts, which his career high was four touchdowns. Actually, his two rushing attempts was a career low since he's taken over as a starting quarterback for the Eagles. Uh, yeah, didn't use his legs a lot, but I can see them. They obviously know he can pass the ball this good. We obviously know how good he can run the ball. I think against the Texans, they're going to mix and match, and he's going to have another big fantasy week like he does almost every week this year. Yeah, Uh, Jalen Hurts, yeah, definitely a league-winning fantasy quarterback. Uh, It's going to bring me to my second pick. Uh, Brandon Cooks was not dealt at the trade deadline and is actually listed as questionable, but if he plays, I believe Cooks has always been Davis Mills' favorite target. And it's honestly probably a good thing that the Texans didn't get rid of him. Um, I feel like he's uh, pivotal to Mills' development. Uh, He's actually having a down year as the wide receiver 44, but he's still the most productive wide receiver on this Texas offense. And he should be the most targeted wide receiver in this game if he plays. Yeah, Nico Collins out again. If Brandon Cooks doesn't play, I don't know who they're going to rely on in that passing game. not looking good. Um, But yeah, you said they should have traded him too, just like Elijah Moore. Obviously, Brandon Cooks, he had a tweet the other day saying how frustrated he was with uh, the fact yeah. that he didn't get traded. So I would rely on him may, maybe not playing, but if he, like you said, if he plays, he's he's going to, he's not going to, he's going to go out there. And he's going to do it for his team for yeah. sure. Uh, that'll lead me to my second pick for Thursday night's game. It's going to be Devonte Smith. Uh, only 7.3 fantasy points last week. I know you picked him for week eight and he was your miss, but I think he'll be a hit this week. 
If you look, uh, week one, he scored zero fantasy points, and he bounced back for 15. In week four, he scored 4.7 points, then he bounced back for 18.7. So every time he scored single digits, he's bounced back and scored double digits. So that's the trend. If he scored 7.3 fantasy points last week, I'm predicting Devontae Smith gets 21 or 22 or more fantasy points this week against the Houston Texans defense. Yeah, and that's going to bring me to my last pick, uh, Miles Sanders. Actually, he has my f- most favorite matchup out of all my picks, uh, facing a Texas defense that has l- allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, Houston has also allowed 10 rushing touchdowns in seven games this year, so it should be a great game for Miles Sanders. He's having a high-end running back two season, and I expect him to be a low-end running back one in this matchup. Yeah, and they also said uh, this past week that they want to use Miles Sanders more in the receiving game now, so we'll see if they implement it against the last place Houston Texans team so this is the Eagles chances to kind of play around they're obviously sitting 7-0 right now and we'll see what they can do and that'll lead me to my last pick you picked a running back I'll go with the guy on the other end Damian Pierce Um, he's facing the Eagles defense allowing 23.25 fantasy points a game to running backs which is tied for 19th in the league so in the bottom half of the league against running backs and Damian Pierce has been the RB10 since week uh three and he's coming off his lowest scoring game since then since really taking over that was his lowest scoring game but he still put up 14.10 fantasy points against a titans defense that's top five in the league against fantasy points so now he's going against yeah, a team that's running backs. top 20 and i think he they're gonna have to rely a lot on the run game brandon cooks might not play Neil collins is out davis mills has not looked good and the offense flows through pierce and if they're going to get anything going in that offense this week. It's going to go through Pierce against, I know the Eagles defense overall is tough. And yeah. They're going to make it tough on Davis Mills, but Damian Pierce should still, I think, get, get his. Yeah. They definitely love me some Damian Pierce. Yeah. And that will conclude episode five of your big fat fantasy. A lot of big trades that happened. And uh, for our next episode, I'll be on Saturday. Yeah. We'll be doing a dynasty recap. Uh, don't forget to check us out on TikTok, uh, Twitter at your BFF podcast and Instagram, uh, your big fat fantasy as well on Apple Podcasts and Spotify podcast. And also our YouTube. Thanks again for uh, tuning in and we'll see you on the next one. See you. Have a good one.